0: hello welcome to the first hyperbolic tangent in this episode we'll be discussing details about star wars the last jedi consider this a major spoiler warning as shauna and i will be going into all details
1: Hello, Sean. Hello, Jared. Thanks for joining me tonight. No, thank you. So, before we get into our topic, um, I want to explain a little bit about this special episode that we're recording. Uh, Nine times out of ten, even when we get together and we have opposing views on the things we talk about in our main podcast, um, it's very seldom that we actually come completely from the other sides of the topic. And we felt maybe we needed special types of exor- or episodes where we can take a topic and just kind of show very different viewpoints. Um, and the first opportunity kind of made itself very available to us with the release of the latest Star Wars film, The Last Jedi. And as a result, we've created this special episode, which we're calling a hyperbolic tangent, To kind of mince through those thoughts and ideas and give us an opportunity to have a rational, well-reasoned, but contradictory uh, conversation around Star Wars. We will probably do more of these types of episodes in the future. This is really a bonus episode. It is not going to follow our standard process or procedure. We're not going to have a bunch of tangents at least, defined as tangents. (laughs) We won't have, you know, a one dumb thing or any of the things we normally do in a regular episode. And this doesn't go towards our seasonal episode count. So hopefully, if you like this format, we can, you know, kind of do more of these. And uh, we look forward to your feedback and hopefully support of my position as we go forward in this episode. Your position. I have a bad feeling about this. I don't sense anything.
0: So, so where do we start? So let's, let's start with our viewpoints. Yeah. Thesis statements. Yeah. I um, I, I don't know if I'm going to go into a thesis, but we both left. We both saw the the movie the same day within 15 minutes of each other. Yes. And both of us led or exited the theater with uh, quite different viewpoints. Yeah. Uh, Very
1: different experiences. I think just before we
0: start, I really enjoyed this film. And Sean... I did
1: not. Did not. Actually, this... there, I've seldom in my life had a movie-going experience where I've paid 10 50 or $15 or whatever I paid for my ticket, and I felt in the first 15 to 20 minutes of the film that I had wasted my money and I needed to leave.
0: It's a trap! <laughs> uh,
1: however, Star Wars The Last Jedi left me feeling that way. And we'll talk a little bit more about why, but I had a very visceral negative reaction to this film. Now, that's not to say I don't recognize that there are some parts of it that are beautifully shot and that there are even some story elements that I liked. But overall, I had a very, very negative reaction to this film.
0: Hmm.
1: So, with that, let's just kind of roll into our guided conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and when you look at the opposing perspectives on this, I think that there's two... Well, first off, let me back up. We're not alone. You know, this isn't... This, neither one of us is an outlier. This was
0: a very divisive movie. I mean, I would say, critic. if you go... Critically, it was... Uh, loved. Loved. And for the fan base, I think it's 50-50. Although... There's a lot of rumors that there were people
1: review poisoning it. But, you know, I'm starting to feel like that's not the case. I mean, that that seems to be the go to answer for why a public opinion gets positive or negative is because you automatically have robots that change the impact. Right. I mean, after the last election, how could we not think
0: that sometimes? Well, and, you know, don't forget, sometimes the people that disagree are the more vocal of of the bunch. Yeah. So. Um,
1: so, again, we're going to get into a lot of spoilers because in order to make our points, I think we have to talk about specific story elements. Um, but what I wanted to kind of position this first section about is this concept that I've heard talked about since the film released, which is, is this really an evolution of the Star Wars storytelling and, in you know, kind of a, something different? Or is this... Change for the sake of change, which I don't see as
0: the same thing. Now, what do you think? So I will say I can understand the change for the sake of change standpoint, Uh, especially coming off of The Force Awakens. And Mm -hmm. Sean and I tried not to talk about this too much before we started this. But um, a point that Sean made was this is not a second movie. They should have they should have led with this. If they were going to go in this direction... Either lead or finish with this. Or finish with this. Not a middle. Yeah. Um, We'll get to that part. But The Force Awakens to me, I liked it. I didn't love it. Because it was a complete, absolute retread of A New Hope. Every little minor detail was a retread. Um, And that was a movie for... (sighs) There were so many elements that were for fans in that movie. Yes. Yes. Right. There was a lot of fan service in that movie um, to get old people to come back. All right. I say old people. I don't mean that. Fans. I mean, fans of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it also had to be a new starting point to allow other people to understand why Star Wars is so beloved.
1: Well, And, the and, point and the... I think it
0: accomplished that, right? Exactly. I, I think that is ex- exactly what they were trying to do.
1: And, the... and it, it got what I feel is deserved criticism. For basically retelling the original Star Wars story. Right. And I, you and I agree on that. We have for years. We've talked about this, you know, not obviously on the podcast. But we've talked about the fact that, you know, the Force Awakens or the Force gets up from its nap, as we derisively call it, um, really was about reestablishing the franchise with a different vision. and And they had an opportunity to kind of do something fresh. And they took a safe bet, and they didn't do something all that fresh.
0: Yeah, and I will say, so don't forget this was J.J. Abrams for The Force Awakens, who yes. also rebooted another Star franchise. Yes. Heaven forbid he gets his hands on Stargate. Um, <laughs> but I think he he obviously is a Star Wars fan, um, out of the two franchises, Star so- Wars, Star Trek.
1: Yeah, and that's one thing you can say. Star Trek didn't feel like a Star Trek film. Right. Star Wars, he understands what it is to make a Star Wars film. Right. Um, and so Abrams stepped away, and he's now under contract to Paramount, and that's why he couldn't make this movie. And Disney wanted to kind of shop around the movies and let some new storytellers come in. Um, and I think that the the... the Risk of this movie, they could have played it safe. They could have retold The Empire Strikes Back. And they could have just kind of done what everybody expected. And and that's where we talk about the evolution versus change for change's sake. I think that you could do both. You can change the formula and evolve it at the same time. Um, From my perspective, a lot of what I saw in this film was... Direct, and I felt maybe it's because I was emotionally involved, right? That this is a series that is very near and dear to and, my heart. And to
0: be clear, uh, I talked to Sean before we started this episode. We're going to exclusively focus on the films. Yes. Because there is a lot of expanded universe stuff that got moved into the legends category. And we do both have ties to that uh, Shadows mm-hmm. of the Empire, the X Wing series, all the games, the Jedi Knight games, and There's so much lore that existed before the reboot. And we're even going to go a little bit further and take out all of the
1: side stories that have been told in the comic books and the books since they rebooted the universe from that perspective. So we're not going to talk about the Aftermath series with Chuck Wendig. And we're not going to talk about the Marvel Comics series. Right. I mean, we're focusing just on what somebody who's gone to see these movies would understand. Right. And I'm talking all... Seven, eight of these movies at this point, um, nine
0: or eight. Well, nine. we're not to nine yet. No, nine.
1: But, well, if you count Rogue One, yeah, that's a good point because Rogue One does play into does. some things here, I and
0: mean, I think it's worth considering because uh Force Awakens played a safe bet with just basically everything tropes, cutaways, the, even the the wipes. Yes, and Rogue One broke away with a lot of that tradition. The way it shot scenes. The and at the time, what they said was they purposely did that
1: as a storytelling choice to break it apart right. from the main saga.
0: Except, we've now gotten this film, and they did that well, the star wipes, or not the star wipes the, the wipes aren't there, other than the opening crawl. The it's... opening crawl and the idea that the film opens on a starship
1: in space above a planet. Right. That it, Those are the two things that they really did bring back, even though one of those was part of Rogue One as well. Here's my thing. I felt like every time there was an expectation of something that was set up in The Force Awakens, the current storyteller took that opportunity to basically throw it out. So... The Force Awakens again very safe set up a number of interesting plots that could have followed through for three films. You know, who's Rey, who's Snoke, who are the Knights of Ren, you know, why did Luke Skywalker create this galactic treasure hunt to find him when I mean, why did Luke S- Skywalker
0: just leave?
1: Why did he disappear? Why did he go away? You know, I mean there there were lots of these mysteries. And so I think a lot of us came into this film
0: with expectations.
1: With the expectation, because it's a reasonable expectation, that the second part of a three-part story would naturally continue and address those points. I would say that the majority of those points were completely addressed. I would not say, from my perspective, they were adequately and respectfully
0: addressed. So let's go into that, because you obviously have... You used the word respectfully, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure we've talked about this on the show before, is a sensitive en- entitlement.
1: No, it's not about my expecting right. the outcome. It's about the fact that we had two filmmakers who were in a shared universe with a shared story. Ostensibly, we've been told that the the theme of this was plotted out. The, the basic story was set up by J.J. Abrams, and he set up the the premise of this trilogy and then he had to step back. What I saw with this film was not that they were continuing that story. There were some of the same characters, there was one main story that continued, but everywhere else that the current director didn't want to go, he took an axe to
0: the mystery. So let's let's take an axe, let's let's talk about one of those mysteries and let's start start off easy and start off with Snoke. Snoke. Yes. Okay. So, in the film, uh, Kylo Ren Mm -hmm. eliminates Snoke. Yes. We don't get any answers of what he did to corrupt Kylo Ren. We don't get any answers of who he is, his relation, where he was in the original trilogy, or even the prequels. We get none of that. Which undermines, in my
1: opinion, I don't think we need all the backstory. I didn't need that. What I needed was him to be a credible threat to the galaxy. And what I feel, again, this is all about feelings and perspective, not about entitlements. I don't think they owed me that. Right. Okay. Um, What I expected was the villain is only as good as the hero is, or is only as bad as the hero is good. Right? And we got the sense of balance in this from a different perspective we can come back to. But Snoke was the big bad. Or so we thought, right? Because Ray and Kylo Ren, Ben, as he's almost always referred to in this film, he's called Kylo Ren very infrequently. Um, which, again, I think is another storytelling change. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Um, you think that they're kind of developing. They're your evolving characters. Whereas Snoke was the antithesis, he's the bad guy. And maybe Kylo was going to evolve into him, or like him. But you have to believe that with Starkiller Base, and Snoke is a credible threat to the galaxy. I did not feel like the way that they resolved his storyline was... In a way that presented him as a credible threat.
0: Okay. I guess what my statement is about Snoke is I never felt this was his story. He had too many parallels to the emperor. Yes. Um, and in that story, the emperor, there was a lot of mystery behind him. Mm-hmm. In, in the original trilogy, let's take prequels out, but um, Sheev... Palpatine—that's his full name. Just so you guys know, his first name is Sheev. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyhow, um, that's unfortunate. There was a lot of mystery about the Emperor. I mean, we didn't even see him in the first movie. He's referenced the second movie we saw in the fir- before the remastered editions. Just a weird glob of a face, and then in the third one, he's present. We don't know much about other than Darth Vader is subservient to him, and he's
1: he's not the focus of the story, right? Right. And, and so I don't think Snoke was ever meant to be the focus of the story,
0: but he is this larger threat. But what I would say to that is instead of mirroring what the original trilogy does, this says this story isn't about Snoke. He's there. He may have corrupted Kylo, mm-hmm. but it really focused on Kylo saying, I'm not going to be molded by what people expect of me. He he was conflicted. Right. Snoke was like you've got to snuff out you know your your conflict you need to eliminate your conflict. Yeah, the typical Sith perspective. Right. The Sith very Sith like and basically in this film Kylo does not choose that arc. He says, "I'm not listening to you." Yes. I'm doing I you know I'm so, eliminating the story. so you, you want to story. play
1: that as new, but it's not. Okay, it's exactly the same evolution in story beat. That we had in Return of the Jedi, they just put it at the middle of the second film instead of the end of the third film.
0: You're you're correct, and that's why I like this because now we still Ben Ben Kylo is very he's still conflicted. We don't know what his intent is, mm-hmm. right? He tries he tries to ask for Rey to join the dark side, and I can't tell you I I couldn't be I so could not happy.
1: I, I disagree. I don't think he's asking Ray to join the dark side. I think he's asking Ray to join him and no, he's not yes, light I or dark that. and she's not light or dark at that point. I agree with that. And that was where I think there was a missed storytelling opportunity with but this. I think,
0: but I think when you say there is nowhere for the third film to go, that's where it goes. I think, I think him is eliminating the, the expectations of what his role is in this universe and him saying, you know, we're not just going to snuff out the rebellion. You know, his, his motivations are all completely personal.
1: Mm -hmm. Unlike
0: Snoke, he's like demolished the rebellion, whatever. Yeah. That one scene with him and Luke is, is very telling. Um,
1: Well, and I'll say the one thing this film does establish very, very well. If your last name is Skywalker, and you're male. You
0: are a whiny bitch. No, no, no. All of them are I whiny bitches. I disagree. I just if we want to. Luke was my favorite character in this film.
1: Uh, my, it was until
0: he became what he became. No, 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 no. I will fight you on this one. I saw the evolution of Luke as as the. Uh, so out of all the characters in the film, he had a story arc.
1: I agree, and that's actually. One of the things we want to talk about. But old man,
0: Luke and his story arc made sense. His, it, his, and back to change for change sake. And uh, what was the other theme you said? Uh, let go of your expectations. It's, I'm not a legend. I'm not this guy that you've built up.
1: Well, that was the story of the whole film, right? Was that heroes are all people and none of them ever accomplished things ever. Apparently.
0: No. No, Which is
1: why I think this film loses the Star Wars feel. I I don't disagree with the deconstruction of heroes. I really don't. Right. But I don't necessarily want it in a Star Wars film. I think... It's about pulp, high action, and adventure. That is the foundation of Star Wars. That is why George Lucas, when he created Star Wars, he built this series based on the idea of these uh, serials that he would see before every film when he was growing up as a kid, the flash Gordon serials. Right. Right. And so it was always about heroes that were lone wolves who always accomplished the impossible, who overcame impossible That's odds.
0: Not, and I, I like to see this. This is not change for change sake. This is a change in storytelling. We're saturated right now with superhero movies of people overcoming adversity. Isn't this
1: just another example of grimdark? I mean, taking a universe that was full of hope and wonder and starting to add a little bit more realism and a little bit more reality into it, it, it
0: again, I I in never, any
1: other science fiction film, I'm okay with that. I'm okay, okay. I'm okay with the reality. This is Star Wars for me. For me, this is established on the premise of the Saturday morning serial.
0: And I think, it's, I think it accomplishes that. It's passing the torch luke is done he, he achieves what you think he doesn't achieve by the end of the film oh no i i, I agree right he he sees what's happening and makes that heroic change the point is the, the and the point that was very strong was he did his best we 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 get those gaps in between the original trilogy and this and we only we don't have all of it but his expectation was to rebuild the Jedi Order from what he knew. Mm-hmm. His his two teachers, Obi-Wan and Yoda, were strict believers in the Jedi Order. Um, and we need to get to that scene about Yoda here in a second. But he tries to rebuild the Jedi Order. And he gets faced with a very difficult decision.
1: And he causes the fall of the Jedi Order. Ultimately. Ultimately. That, and that's what breaks him, and I get that. I, I really do understand his character. But he he's path. one man, well, which is part of the problem to begin with, right? And and he's if Kyle Katarn
0: was there, th- this wouldn't have happened. Well,
1: so these are storytelling choices, right? And we 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 had it established in the Force Awakens that Luke went forward and did that destiny we thought he was going to do at the end of Return of the Jedi, and then something horrible happens. And his nephew, his most prized student, rises up with some of his peers and destroys the Jedi, the new Jedi. And Luke, who is just overtaken with grief, realizes that this is not the time for the Jedi and he disappears from the galaxy. That's that's all established in the first film. And then they establish the MacGuffin quest, that he has left these... Little indicators behind him that say, when the time is right, someone will come and find me and bring me back, and we will take that next step. That was the mystery that was established in the first film. Right. And it, within the first five minutes of this film, is completely thrown out the window and and leaves a huge plot hole right there. Luke built that map to well, find did, him see, why he didn't want to be
0: found no, he didn't no, no, believe no. in the jedi first off when did he build the map he built it right when he departed how much time has has, de- has elapsed since he departed maybe it's because he was drinking time.
1: blue milk from the tit of a <laughs> sea monster that his, he's addled and it had changed. a narcotic he effect
0: relocated to an old jedi octo the octo, first temple the first temple he spends his time probably reading the Jedi teachings and well, history. Well, no,
1: because they undermine that concept in this film, too. When Yoda tells him, well, you didn't really actually read all of that. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I just kind of skimmed it. He makes a stupid, this is where the humor, actually, and I want to come back to the humor point. Humor sometimes undercuts the scene that it's in. And there's some applications of humor in this film that I feel are completely inappropriate or out of place, and that's not to say humor in Star Wars is out of place because it's not. Right. Um, but that was another point that you know, the more I started to think about this, and you're right, there's there's people out there who are going to say I'm overthinking this whole thing. Except here's whoa, calm down. Sean. Here's the leave, perspective leave the I studio have. Studio equipment, okay. I'm just thinking about what was presented to me as a member of the audience. And I'm to some extent extrapolating because they haven't said and there right. may have things, been some events.
0: That's what I like about it. It doesn't spell out things. I am so tired of movies saying like he bad, he good, here's motivations, he did motivations. There's a lot of gray I think it focuses on gray and the and, and we haven't seen that in Star Wars.
1: Well to be fair, well, we have Luke's entire motivation in this film is fear. Yeah, he's afraid of everything. He's afraid of Rey. He's afraid of of Kylo. Yes. He's afraid of his failure. Yes. It's it's fine. It it makes Why sense. Why is that bad? He. Okay. So uh, here's my problem, and okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bottom line it. Bottom line it. We're replacing one legend with a Mary Sue a girl I'm, who is able to do everything and she's perfect at it and she doesn't need any help. And, and you and I talked a little bit about some logical reasons for some of the things that she can do, but I still think the movie comes back and says the force is guiding her. It's the ultimate kind of get out of jail, sloppy writing.
0: Yeah. But it also makes the force more mysterious it
1: makes it sentient. And I, I don't think that that, makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Well, I guess I was going to reference Clone Wars, but you won't let me, And in the rules we you, established earlier. Actually, um, Clone Wars is, is in scope. No, but we said side stories, but I would right. say Clone Wars. The whole story about the... Uh, brother, and Darks, and like the brother and, and sister and right. father. Yeah. Um, which is not in the main film, so... Yeah, we're not going to reference, but... I, I think the Force is there's okay so we talk about the balance of the force mm-hmm. it balances out ray exists because kylo exists
1: but there's a moment in this film where the force is perfectly in
0: balance but is it it, it is w- why well, no here if you're going to say that snoke is balanced with luke i disagree no
1: no 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 i don't think so but i think after defeating Snoke and Luke at this point is disconnected from the force. He's, he's blocked his blocked out the force. He's left it. So he's not an equation at the end of the film. No. At the, in the, in the at the in point at which I yeah. said, there's this perfect balance. Yeah. It is this, it's the throne room scene where you've got
0: Kylo and Ray. Oh, and his conflict, his, uh, his inner conflict
1: and hers. She has one too. They're both sitting there basically on the precipice. They could go either way.
0: We have Snoke. It's out of balance. Snoke's dead at that point. at that point.
1: They have defeated Snoke, and Luke Skywalker is not a factor. She's already left Luke. He has not rejoined the force. He hasn't summoned his power back from the great crystal foxes in the sky or whatever. Sounds like a
0: good 80s album. Crystal foxes in the sky. So we
1: have our moment of balance, and that's what this has all been about, is balance. I'm trying not... I know just, you're. Just
0: calm down. You don't have to. You don't have to beat up the mic. Yeah. Uh. Well, no. I, I'm. I know. It's.
1: It's great. So, this is again. This is why I think this is much better as a final story. So than it is
0: as a mid story. It's not bridging much. So let's talk about the legends and deconstruction of legends. There have been. 30 years Mm -hmm. since the first Star Wars filmed uh, hit theaters. Yes. And we have the prequels in between. Let's just throw them out for argument's sake. People coming new to the franchise do not have the attachment or love or devotion to those characters in the original trilogy.
1: I accept that. Right. However, I don't think this film did a good job serving Poe. Finn, Ray got plenty of attention, and Kylo got plenty of attention. But Poe and Finn, who are the the other two legs of the three part hero group, I did would horrible I would treatment. Would in disagree this film. with
0: Poe, and I would agree with you on Finn.
1: I think Poe's character is completely inconsistent in this film. Um, why? So yes, he's a hotshot pilot. But you see, in the opening scenes of The Force Awakens, he recognizes the value of withdrawal, and he withdraws. He gets caught, but he tries to withdraw. Through the course of that film, the, and granted, he was supposed to die in that film, and that created some narrative challenges. I think uh, you you don't get the sense that he's reckless. Is he bold? Is he brave? Yes. I don't. I never got the sense that he was reckless. However, the first scene of this film when we get the your mama joke, which is
0: one of the most out of the place can you re- i I glossed over that when I was watching because you brought it up and I didn't catch it when you referenced okay, it. okay
1: so in in the beginning in the first ten minutes of the film, there's this whole plot to destroy the next giant super weapon that just dis- there's a dreadnought, dreadnought that the resistance is trying to flee the planet because by the way, no time has passed between the end of the last film and the beginning of this one, right? It's, yeah. We are
0: starting... Rey's on the planet with Luke moments after we saw her last, and they're fleeing the base after the they blew up Starkiller base.
1: Right, because the First Order knows where they are. Right. And they're, they're coming in, and so they're trying to do a stalling tactic to get the fleet away. And, you know, Poe's brilliant plan is to go... Really, really, really fast, so they can't shoot him with the gun cannons and take out their gun cannons. But he has to build up enough of a supercharge to do that. So he and the resistance bombers go and they park basically in space in front of this, you know, First Order fleet. And Poe calls the First Order, specifically General Hux. Yeah. And he tries, and I knew what they were trying to do. They were trying to call back to the whole Han Solo detention center. Distraction. Except there's no distraction here. It's one X-Wing sitting right off the bow of five or six Star Destroyers. Right. With tons of TIE Fighters, by the way. And so, again, this is where I thought this whole scene was bad. Poe sits there, calls up Hux, who in the first film admittedly was a Hitler clone. And he was a little over the top. Hmm. <coughs> But he seemed competent, even though he was a little over the top. He was the military leader of the First Order. He
0: was mostly competent. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I would argue that the <laughs> military structure of the Empire doesn't and make the little- First Order. Yeah, because they are one and the same in my eyes, even though they're not. Um, is not exactly the most competent they are they are power by force and sheer numbers not necessarily tactics so they've got as, yes as, as we've seen in all the x all i said x-wing movies all the original trilogy weakness and death star the tie fighter cables on hoth um out maneuvering them in the millennium falcon mm-hmm. hiding on the back of a star destroyer there are countless opportunities where they just don't understand.
1: Well, they're sure, they're in, sure. they're fighting insurgents with right. traditional military tactics. Right. But the so, one military tactic that n- even the most incompetent <laughs> person in any kind of warfare says, if you've got an enemy sitting in front of you, you blow them up.
0: So what I think they want to do establish in this film, and this is my interpretation, <laughs> is instead of so, and they do play this in the movie. So once Snoke's eliminated, right, mm-hmm. you might think there's a power struggle between Kylo Ren and General Hawks, the military leader. Kylo dismisses that very easily. with, Ugh. But nobody should have followed either one of them at that point. It's there. Why do people follow? Why did they build? Hey, hey, Death Star, let's build another one. I think, And then go, let's build a planet. And then let's build yeah, a giant so flying when wing. You, when you say nobody should follow them, again... That I can dismiss based on um, precedent, right? Um, so what I think they wanted to do in this film is say, like, General Hux is not going to be any opposition to Kylo Ren, right? And, and instead of... Which, again, is an interesting and missed story opportunity. I don't think so. I think it, again, gives the focus to... He has all this power now. And again, you say you don't know what they're going to do in this third movie. We don't know what he's going to do with it. Well, apparently he's going to blow up Washington, D.C. and
1: claim he conquered Wyoming. Because that's what they did. They blew up the capital of the Republic oh, and yeah. said that they conquered the galaxy. That's not the way war works.
0: It isn't. But, again, that's that's gray area that they haven't fleshed out. We don't know. I mean, as you and I discussed, they have infinite resources at their hands because apparently they have, oh that's just one of our many dreadnoughts and then they have that super ship that they had that- which
1: as we both talked about before and then we're skipping to the end yeah. you know the great sacrifice by the rebellion fleet uh, the the admiral who we'll come back to she is such a problem in this film
0: I, I agree it didn't make any yeah we'll, we'll
1: so she jumps to light speed and goes through the ship the big enemy ship, and it's falling apart, and at the same time, you cut to a scene, this is after Snoke is dead, and you've got Kylo and Hux talking on the bridge about attacking the planet. Crate. And neither of them seem all that bothered by the fact that half of their ship just got destroyed, and their fleet behind it. Which you see very clearly.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, we've got Ten more of those. So and that's like, that's where I want to say, like they're imposing military rule on the other planets, and we don't see it. We, I mean, we barely saw that in the original trilogy with the Empire's well, presence on. Which brings us tattooing. to another problem
1: with this film. How many days do you think this film took? Four.
0: Oh. oh, you mean overall? Yeah, four days. Four days. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. In my mind, when watching the film. I and again And let's extend it. Let's say it was a week or two weeks. I would I would had Ray and Luke's time together. Right. I would say what we saw with all the other characters four days, but I would say she was there maybe a little longer.
1: Okay. And the Canto Bite, you know, Casino Royale, pointless side stuff maybe took a day and a half. Not even no, it was the same night. It was an evening. Yeah, it was an evening. evening. Yeah, maybe it took them 12 hours to get there. Right. You know, and so there's all of these problems with the timeline, if you think about it, which I'm sure can be explained away with hyperspace,
0: but... Well, rel- the general term n- of relativity. General relativity. Yeah, light speed. Um, We're not going to go to there. So, um, <laughs> what did we want to touch on? Let's talk about uh, Admiral Holdo. Yeah. Because that, that was, I think it's something we can agree on. And, um. So, in the – well, that will lead into – so, in the film, um, Kylo attacks the ship that Leia is on. Right. You know, he's going to – he's very conflicted. You see that – I would say Adam Driver was really
1: – No, I think he did a good job. And I think they, they drove a great point here, which is Kylo Ren has is, is got his two wingmen, and he's flying in on the Republic capital ship and he basically is about to zero in and he sees he knows his mother's there through the and, force through the force and they she knows that he's there and you see this exchange and then he hesitates to fire but guess who doesn't his wingman his two wingmen are like we see a target we're going to take it out and they do and alas it, they end up killing admiral akbar which ruins the whole film for me that
0: you know what i agree with that akbar went out no <sighs> akbar's First off, it's Akbar. You can keep him in... We don't know how long Mon Calamarians live, right? They live for 200 years or something. I don't know. Because he was in the Clone Wars. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Um, I, Again, that was a needless death in my opinion. Yeah, the,
1: he didn't even need to be on the boat. I mean, it didn't need to be mentioned. Well, I think the
0: point they wanted... <laughs> again, nar- they're trying to show... N- narratively, It led into... Okay, so... Leia gets taken out by this and she ends up in space. And for yous that mm. yous that have seen this, it was emotional because Carrie Fisher- We thought no, she was dead. No longer with us. We thought, is this it? It um, could have been. It very well could have been the right narrative choice to do that there too. And again, I don't know what they're going to do. So uh, without speculating, I didn't want her to go out like that. I didn't want that to be the moment. Okay. And but did you want her to turn into Superman? I didn't mind Super Leia that much. I, I, We saw her use the Force beyond telepathy or empathy that we've seen in them before. That's all I've ever wanted to see with Leia. is
1: Well, and the the premise that they've put forth is that the reason they did it this way is it was an instinctive gut reaction where she connected with the Force and did it to save herself. It wasn't conscious. Right. Because when she gets onto the ship, and miraculously doesn't explosively decompress she, the room she's going She needs into. to recover. She's not. <clears throat> she's in a coma.
0: Right. And that that was a narrative choice to write her out of the equation with So Poe po could make a bunch of bad choices. And, you know. And Holdo. That's the problem. Holdo's the problem. I understand. Poe's point of view was acceptable. He saw leadership that, in his mind, didn't. Was just Didn't like, value the people. Didn't value the people. Even though there was a secret plan that for no reason needed to be secret. Well, and that's another piece.
1: Yes, Poe gets demoted because he blows that first mission so when he parks in front and makes the Yo he Mama was, joke. He was again. worried
0: about taking out a target without... Again, the resistance in this movie, they make it very clear, is they're on a shoestring. Yeah, f- well, they have no support. They, they Basically, everything you see... Is what they have. Everything you saw in A Force Awakens on that one base—that is the Resistance. There is no other base or other fleets no. or anything. And there's that. no help coming. Right,
1: right. So, yes, Poe's reckless and he makes a mistake.
0: And in and, and I thought casualties of war. Yes, right. Let's be clear. He made a decision to attack when Leia said, "Do not engage." Yeah. Right. Withdraw. Withdraw. And he said, "No, we're going to do it." And he ends up taking out the target.
1: Right. But at the expense of every resource that's with him except him. And it didn't really make much of a difference.
0: Right. It's the lesson we learn, I think that was solid.
1: And that made sense for his arc, which I thought I knew where it was going. And again, I'm not against narrative twists. Right. They were trying to show you that Poe needed to grow as a leader. And they did a fairly good job in the film until the end when I thought they made some choices that made no sense at all. So Poe does this initial attack, costs them all their bombers and a bunch of their escort craft. Um, they're running from the First Order's ginormous V wing ship, the throne ship. And <clears throat> she gets, uh, Leia, before she gets blown out the airlock, basically demotes him from commander to captain and says, Get off my bridge. You made the wrong choice. And he goes, and he's appropriately chastised, and he has a moment of reflection. He's like, oh, my God, what did I do? For like two seconds.
0: Yeah, not long does he reflect on that. And
1: then, you know, they, they're they coming up, and he's like, look, I can do a stalling action so the fleet can get away. Let me go get my, my X-Wing and blow some stuff up. And Leia goes, you know what? That's a good idea. Why don't you go do that? Meantime, she gets blown out into space, becomes a superhero, goes into a coma. Right. Admiral Holdo takes over and says, We have a plan. You need to trust the leadership, which is like 37 people, and of one of which is Poe.
0: Well, the original, the, the major re- leadership, Admiral Akbar, Leia, the, the big players, they make it clear they're gone. They got. Yeah. She's all that's left of the leader. So she's like a junior admiral. Right. And she takes over. She was, yeah, she was in the the line of succession. She's it. Right. I mean, Poe's a captain. I mean, there's not really anybody else at that level, that top tier level of leadership. Yeah. There's no
1: Mon Mothma. There's no Luke or Leia. There's no Admiral Ackbar or General Modine or any of those folks. And so he comes in with his big, you know, oh, my God, this is bad. What's your plan? And she says, it's need to
0: know. Leave me alone. Which you could consider that was, you know, it was Leia's last action to demote him and that he can't be trusted with. And she pointed that out. Right. But here's what you see on film. And and this is where I take Poe's stance on it is they are. It's a war of uh, attrition, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're. You know, oh, out of range of the super ship. Let's not That's even get into the the, the technical. The,
1: the tomfoolery yeah. needed to explain this whole yeah, so that,
0: situation. So they're escaping. And basically, it's just a war of attrition. Ships are dying off. And the only tactic is, you know, from what they're doing is it's we're just going to keep going. That's it. Until mm-hmm. the fuel runs out. There's no escape plan diversion. You know, for some reason, one, they can't hit hyperspeed one final fight or distraction it's and from Poe's perspective, it's like you're just burning ships. I mean, ships are dying. People are dying. That's all you see for about 45 to an hour of the film when they focus on the cruiser. Yeah. Um, so here's one of my problems.
1: Having been in a military situation, you know, I'm, I have a military background. Mm-hmm. Commanders don't tell privates, what the plan is. Generals don't tell captains what the plan is. However, there were people on that bridge who weren't captains, commanders, or generals who would have known what the plan is because they would have had to coordinate right. what they were doing. One of which was Carrie Fisher's daughter, who was an ad oh, yeah. who was yeah. a friend of Poe's. Right. right? Um, I forget what the character's name is, but she, she had a, a fairly large part in this. There was a whole section of the bridge crew who go with Poe when he
0: pulls this mutiny. Well, that's the thing. So from Poe's perspective and what sets Finn and Rose's arc, he's like, they don't have a plan. What's the best thing we got? And they talk about sneaking uh, on. Maz yeah. shows back up, well, which for, which is pointless. Right. Says, hey, there's a somebody that can break through the shields, you know, so you need to send somebody and go get him. There's this
1: dude. He wears this pin. Whatever. Find
0: him. McGuffin. Right, <laughs> and they gives, and Poe's like that's the best we've got. I'll be ready to jump to light speed because essentially they want to avoid being tracked in light speed. Is the whole right motivation, and Poe's going to pull the trigger for light speed while they go prevent the because in- they're
1: going to destroy this thing that that allows them to track them in high right. light speed. I don't know how they're going to get
0: back before they go to light speed, but <clears throat> minor details. So that's that's what Poe's motivations are, and he's just at that point just like. Did you get it yet? Did you meet the guy? Did you get it? And they do have conversations.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? He's talking to Finn and Rose while they're on Casino Royale plan. He's just
0: sitting there in a chair.
1: Because he's not allowed
0: on the bridge. Right. So he, he's... It's not mutiny at this point. It's, a, it's sort of a plan. Now, what where it does become apparent is they do get the... They get a guy. Um, uh, what's his name? The
1: slicer DJ Benicio Whatever. Del Toro.
0: Which, again, I did not like his... I, I, I they like were his,
1: trying to do a Lando thing with him.
0: They didn't fulfill the Lando prophecy. But that's the point.
1: They're subverting your expectations,
0: that, Jared. I agree with you on that one. I we agree. They will he show up in the future when I honestly don't care. Um because <laughs> it's they, just a celebrity cameo. If they were going to do the they should have done the lane. like anyhow. His character his motivation is just greed. That's it. Well, it's okay. I, I he
1: came from a greedy planet. He did. But how did you know, there's a whole bunch of things that happen
0: that plus, don't make plus any sense. Plus, the, the First Order is just like, yeah, here's some gold. No, you know what Darth Vader would have said? He would have killed I'm him. I'm altering the deal. <laughs> Pray I do not hey, alter it Hey, Jared, further.
1: you're starting to sound like you're on my side. Oh, shit.
0: Um, <laughs> okay, back up. So, so Poe, yeah. you know, from his point of view, leadership's failing. He decides to make a plan. He then decides to commit full-on mutiny. And he does it. And he does it. He succeeds.
1: And at that point, the Admiral doesn't say, hey, you idiot, here's what I'm doing. So he can go, oh, all right, let's keep doing that. And let's call off this other thing I'm about to do because it's not going to work. No.
0: There's firefights. She
1: she stands there and says, stun them.
0: You know, take them out. They shoot their own people. There's only, like, 36 people. Yeah. Meanwhile, giant (laughs) ships, people dying. Hey, let's have a fight. That was pointless. Um, And here's the worst part that made, like, twisted a knife on that, and I think you and I are going to agree, is Leia, Marek, you know, perfect timing, deus machina, comes out of her coma. Shoots him. Shoots him. With a stun beam. With a stun beam. Stops the mutiny. And she looks over to... Holdo and says, or Holdo says he's like, he's a hothead. Or no, she says he's a hothead and she's like, yeah, I kind of like him. You have 30 people. That that was one place where the humor was out of, like nothing aligned with that part.
1: No, the, there's the, no the reason mutiny, she would have liked
0: him. The whole mutiny, her
1: character. Well, and not- she established in the first line of dialogue that she has, that she doesn't like hotshot pilots. She gives her inspirational speech to tell them that they're going to go do this. And she basically says, this is all about all of us, not about one of us right. again, which was, I think a lot of this film was spent by the author, the the writer, the director, who are the same person feeding his characters lines for the
0: audience. Right. So I want to back up the pose character development and we can get into Finn if you want. But so I think the point of this was to have, he, he doesn't know what it takes to be a leader was right. the moral of the story. And, if, and if, the, if the circumstances were lighter and maybe they weren't facing imminent death and destruction of all that they hold near and dear, that story arc may have made sense. Well, and here's where it doesn't.
1: So they get to the Rebellion base, the old rebel base that's in this salt mine or crystal mine on the crate, and... Poe is left under his own recognizance. He's not seen as a traitor. He isn't seen as
0: a mutineer. Well, oh, no, him and and Leia then a- the, all the fights happen. Go ahead. Him and Leia have a scene after he recovers, and she's like, "Yeah, we're, we we had this base. We're gonna go there," and he's like, "That could work, right?" And that's that's the point where you're like, maybe you should just let the guy know, and none of this this could have all been avoided. But what did mm-hmm. we learn, learn from that? But the worst part.
1: So what- all of this happens. They get to the planet they have the scene where Luke and Kylo face off and they stall so they can get out of there. And, and the magic space foxes lead them into Nirvana through the force. At the same time, they're leading Ray back to save everybody. And basically everybody's like, okay, so we're going to follow the foxes and everybody looks to Leia The senior member of the Rebellion, Resistance, whatever they are at this point, because they've stopped calling themselves the Resistance. They started calling themselves the Rebellion because it's easier for people to think of them as the Rebellion than the Resistance. And I think that's the reason they did that. Because you don't resist uh, a government. You you rebel against a government. You resist an invasion. right? That's kind of the concept.
0: Well, again, anyway, the first order, the Empire, the Resistance,
1: the Rebellion—they're interchangeable. Exactly. Doesn't mean, and they prove that with this film. Yeah. But everybody looks over to Leah in another moment of inappropriate humor. She looks at me. She looks at him and goes, "What are you looking at me for? Follow him."
0: And I'm like, "That I I, I didn't take that again. I it's an interpretation, or I, I that I saw she forgave his actions." What we didn't see off off screen is just like, hey, he, you know, his intentions were good. He
1: killed more members of the resistance than Hux
0: or Kylo Ren did. Uh, if you're gonna get in the specifics, but well, Lando possibly killed people on his own Cloud City. <laughs> in Cloud
1: City, but you uh, know, the Death uh-huh. Star battle, he didn't, you know, kill a bunch Anyhow, of people.
0: I, I can look past that scene. I, I just it's a passing of a torch. She's saying. I've forgiven you for your actions. You know, he's a leader. Okay. We're, we're, uh, you know what I mean? Like, and and
1: it does kind of bring his character to the point where he recognizes.
0: Now she thinks he's learned the lesson at this right. point. Yeah. You know, at least that's what we have to take out of it because if he goes, because there's another...
1: nothing in the movie that actually
0: indicates, right. That. We have to make that assumption as an audience. Um, and that's the assumption I did make. So. Okay. And and, and you probably like this no. guy. This guy.
1: I'm sorry. Once <laughs> once you've committed mutiny, I don't care how much I want to like you, but it was.
0: again. I don't trust okay, you. Okay, let's move on. Let's not dwell on Poe no, anymore. We po. talk
1: about because he's the least important member of the movie, next to Finn.
0: Oh yeah, Finn. Finn, I didn't like in the first movie. They <coughs> that that was a like you said in this movie, just a, a missed opportunity for storytelling. He was a stormtrooper.
1: Mm -hmm. He he was a janitor. He wasn't even a stormtrooper.
0: Well, he did see the face of battle and was not able to engage. So like, even though they say he's a janitor, he did engage in combat. And even though we're leaving out the expanded stuff, it's clear he was in combat. It's just when he was not in combat, he was a janitor.
1: Well, no, what you establish in the first film is that he's kind of a survivor who bumbles his way into the situation. Right. And, Guess what? They carried that through, so he had no character growth from the first film to this film.
0: No, he, at the first sign of getting away, he tries to escape this horrible situation under the pretense of he's going to go find Ray. I don't know how he's going to do that, but...
1: (laughs) I don't um, think he had... No, he says that, but I think he's actually just getting ready to leave.
0: Yeah. And that's what I took away from that scene as well.
1: And then he gets confronted with your hero of the rebellion resistance or whatever, blah 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 blah. By another
0: janitor of the resistance.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah Rose. Who's yeah. who's basically the the IT guy. Yeah. Um the only person who gets less respect than the janitor is the IT guy.
0: That's absolutely true. So
1: it, it and so they introduce Rose and then that leads to a lot of the things that happen later. Um, but Finn's whole story arc in this was supposed to be about Finn coming to the realization that there's something worth fighting for. There's a greater good. The greater Well, good. I, I don't think it's about the greater good. I think it's about that there's something worth giving your life for. And right. they make that point. And he hits that moment of clarity. And the movie steals the, the, the heroic ending from him right at the last
0: second. And the interpretation I got from that was it was going... It was going to be futile. It was going to be futile. Yeah. And and I get that. But, and, and I think what the line and you, you, I know I could, that was one line that I could hear Sean sigh in my brain (laughs) was, you know, let's, let's fight this, not with hate, but with love was what Rose said to him. Yes, And basically it's clear in the, in the first film force awakens is he does have a lot of hate. His motivations are they're horrible you know, I was and part fear. of him and His feared. motivations are fear. Right. And she's basically saying, like, move beyond that is what I got from
1: him And then she kisses him and passes out. Yeah. Forced romance.
0: Eh, I didn't see it as much forced as you did.
1: I, I, they, I see her as a buddy, a fellow janitor who hangs out and drinks coffee and I, talks about stuff. Again, with the poorly execu- uh, executed scenes on Canto Bite. Um, where she has some really good lines and there's some really good this is another missed opportunity in this film the whole concept of war profiteering and that there are people just going on and living their lives and
0: and this is where I would say war profiteering is not good for a Star Wars film no more than trade negotiations well exactly I I think (coughs) they did the right thing at saying this is a thing that's it because we spent eight years talking about the Phantom Menace and trade negotiations and how yeah. how that was...
1: <laughs> So yeah. we so, we don't have to dive far into Finn in this film because there's not much Finn to dive into.
0: Yeah, there isn't.
1: And we were warned about this. When when they were starting to early press, they said the movie's not gonna be what you think it is, and it's really not about those guys. Ray is the only
0: character that matters in this movie. I, and I can see that. See, the, the, the big problem with the new Star Wars universe, and, and again, I really like this film, but it's, uh, it's not going to be the original trilogy. Because the original trilogy had Leia, Han, and Luke. And those actors took the role and made something magical out of them. You cannot. Yeah, because it wasn't the direction. You cannot (laughs) recreate lightning like this. And I think George Lucas doesn't like actors. But but what I saw out of this film is they're not trying to force that lightning out of these characters. They're they're telling an overall story Mm -hmm. of and I think the one person that does. I would say Kylo is Kylo and Luke are are the best well-written characters in this in this film. I agree with you. Right. I think we see their motivations. Those actors killed their performances. And Ky- Kylo, you might say he's just whiny or whatever. You know, Snoke makes this whole point of stop hiding behind the mask. And that 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 stuck out to me. Like, stop trying to hide who you are and just be evil. And he made the decision of, like, I am who I am. Mask or no mask, I am this conflicted guy. Right. And I thought that was well told. I thought that was well executed. That
1: was one of the... So, of all the scenes in the film that I liked a lot, and there are problems with it, there's two scenes that, if you look at just the dialogue and the setting, not necessarily the outcome of the scenes. Right. the, the, The throne room fight, in the throne room kind of conversation between the two of them and any of the force linked stuff where the two of them are having a conversation. Now that was done very obviously to give these two characters who should not be in the same room together. And I don't mean that because they're in different places. I mean that because you put those two people in the same room, they fight, right. they will fight. So you had to find a way to bridge the gap in their ideologies. Cause the last time they met each other, well, first off, Mary Sue almost killed this fairly well-trained guy by the first time she picked oh, up the lightsaber. The Force lightsaber. woke up. The Force woke up. Yeah,
0: right. and it and I think I, and again I we talk about that title, but really it was and she it made it more clear in this film the Force awakens was within Ray. Yes, right. Let's be clear: the Mary Sue, the Force awoke within Ray. It
1: isn't that the Force was not around. Right. It isn't that the Force went quiet. It's that. After the Jedi and the Sith basically wipe each other out, there really isn't any concentrated effort to bring people to the faith of the Jedi or the Sith. And the Force still exists. Maz has the Force, and though she explains it's a little different. And then in this film, we're introduced to just a random stable boy who has the Force, which a lot of people take problems with. I actually don't think it's a problem.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, I
1: was... We're on the same page in that. No, I, I think it's just showing that the Force is bigger than these two people. Right, which is a perfect...
0: That was one message they tried to get in the film is the Force is not this Skywalker... Yeah, it's Kenobi, not tied to the Skywalker family. You know, Yoda. It's it's bigger than that.
1: And and so I agree with you that Kylo and Luke Skywalker had the best development. Well, let me, let me back off that. They had the best interaction. I don't think Kylo Ren really changed all that much in this film
0: i don't see an evolutionary story here i would argue he i would argue that i would say he eliminated snoke as a barrier to his progression when when snoke's making the whole comment of like i see it so clearly you're going to eliminate the enemy your worst enemy yeah which
1: you're anybody in the theater sitting there listening and going this is the same stupid mistake the jedi made
0: right (laughs) right oh yeah it is absolutely
1: you know, the, the, you're going to bring balance to the force, and there's ten thousand Jedi and two Sith. Right? What does balance look like to you?
0: Well, and I think that I like that. Right? The Jedi made this mistake, and also this evil Sith disciple made this mistake, and it's just like you don't know what oh. you're doing,
1: and <laughs> yeah, none of none of you are paying attention.
0: <laughs> um, so I, I I saw progression is he eliminated the barrier, and I agree he he saw something in his connection with Ray is like hey. Let's get through this together. You know, he makes that statement of, and then let's talk about Ray's parentage, because this is okay. This kind of leads into that conversation. And we're already yeah, we need to finish up. Um they make a pretty big point of saying Ray came from nothing. Yeah. At least in in terms of lineage, right? And Ray and, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, and I am too. I think that's important from a storytelling arc is to say, like, you know
1: And I think you kind of they explain that and she knows it before the conversation because the, the scene in the dark force cave or dark side cave. Yeah. The reflection of her, she is her. Her. She comes from her.
0: She's not. Yeah. She built up herself, which
1: goes back to her Mary soonness. Right. But I mean, that was a very clear point because she sees two reflections walking towards in the shaded glass. And and we're like,
0: Oh, it's going to be a big, be a big, and then it's just her. It's just her.
1: So I think that that point was well made visually. Um, I think it's disappointing from a storytelling possibility. I didn't want it to be a Kenobi. Kenobi doesn't make sense, right? A Qui-Gon Jinn doesn't make sense. Who would she be connected to? She's not a Skywalker. She would either be a
0: sister. Which, which again, doesn't fall in line with what well, we know. Right. So I I like that aspect of Rey. Rey's her own character. And again, I agree with you. She wasn't as developed as much as I would have liked in this film. Mm. But I think the focus for the third one is going to be Kylo and, and Ray. Well, and I think they may as well just abandon Finn
1: and Poe and Rose. Just forget them. You know, they're well, not going to give them a good let's, story. Let's
0: talk about repeats and, you know, this was the empire of this trilogy, so to speak. But But it wasn't. Well, it was. It, well, no, it wasn't because
1: Empire started with the Hoth battle and Last Jedi ended with the crate battle, which looked just like Hoth. Whatever. That's a <laughs> shut up. That's a nerd <laughs> thing. Um, no, I'm making a point. Yeah, that it, it
0: was very, very similar. But this um, is
1: again them rehashing old beats, and I think Johnson's getting a lot of credit for originality when all he actually did was shuffle the deck.
0: No. No, I mean, let's think about how these scenes play out, though, right? Mm-hmm. Hoth, they succeed in escape in this. They don't succeed. Hold on. Do they escape? They do escape,
1: but they don't succeed. They didn't really succeed on Hoth. The Empire smashed the
0: base, but they took out those 80-80s. Took out one walker. But that was a huge thing. They didn't even take out anything in this one.
1: Yeah, the gorilla walkers. So I don't even know why they were there. I know, I wanted to see them try to take it down <laughs> it and do like boom, boom, boom with it. Yeah, and, and they, uh, and then they brought in a miniaturized Death Star cannon.
0: Yeah, anyhow, like, regardless whatever. of their infinite resources of weaponry. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, they just lost a whole planet three days
0: ago. Infinite. Um, where were we? You sidetracked me. You went on a tangent. Tangent strike one. Oh, there um, we go. Where were you we? were
1: talking about the story beats and where we were going. and
0: Yeah, so... I. This is an empire in the sense that it defies expectations, right? Empire. We went in thinking, yeah, I agree with that, right? And it, a lot of people like Empire because, and again, let's let's be very clear. The big about revelations empire. were in Empire. No, 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 that's not where it's going. Don't don't assume what I'm going to say. Okay, Sharon. say you that. have expectations, and I'm going to break. Quit them. throwing that at me. <laughs> Sorry. No, Empire was not critically received when it first came out. No. Right. Let's be like it was. It because changed, it didn't stand alone well. And it didn't stand alone. And again, without it, everything was dismal at the end compared to there I hadn't
1: think. been an empire strikes back yet. Right. To set that kind of tone tone of a sequel. Right. Right. A sequel is like, Hey, remember
0: that stuff from the first one?
1: Here's more of the same. Here's
0: more of the same.
1: Smoking and, the bandit part two.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, that Ghost came Blasters later do whatever yeah. that was empire. And I think this is the same thing. Right? It is not the same. And you may say it's changed for change's sake. But again, I think it said this isn't what you think it's going to be. But it stands. So here, I don't disagree with the
1: idea of needing to change and evolve the universe. Where I had
0: problems was that they did it in the middle of this. Series. So, what I would argue that with that is you're saying this is this should have been a finale. No, there's there there is unresolved stuff. Eight, but not not big questions.
1: Not yeah. Oh, so the uh, first order. I don't care about the first. The the first order is in as much turmoil right now as the republic.
0: They don't show that they're fully in control. Their throne ship just got blown up. Tell me, their leader just got deposed. That happened at the end of Return of Jedi and apparently in this universe or this tale that didn't defeat the Empire. It did.
1: The Empire fell.
0: They fell they no, they they went. The um, First Order rose outside. Yeah, they the no, remnants went over and that was in the uh expanding universe. Rem- remnants well, went over here and said, like, we're gonna hide out for a while. That was in yes, yeah. but and, and and let's be clear, the whole point of the Republic was the Republic failed for republic reasons mm-hmm. in the first prequels. And basically what they're saying is the Republic's not ready for this. Like they don't have that. It's only been 30 years. Yeah. Well, which is the entire time that the empire existed and they weren't ready to rule. They weren't the un The galaxy wasn't ready for a reinstitution of the government. It, it, okay. I, I, I you accept know what I'm going that. with that. I am not verbalizing it very well, but you know, no, I know where you're going. So to say that um, they
1: didn't really have a period of peace and prosperity. They were still rebuilding.
0: Right. And to say like, well, their flagship's dead and their leader's dead. Well, first off, their leadership's not entirely dead. Your military leader's still there and your your force wizard's still there. So
1: look at their military leadership. They've proven, and this is another problem I have. They undermine the credibility of the First Order as a military threat
0: where were you in the original trilogy with the stormtroopers and,
1: and all the other stuff? They weren't weren't. stormtroopers were deadly effective against anybody except the
0: heroes. Yeah, exactly. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. But
0: no, no, no (laughs) heroes. I mean, heroes
1: specifically the heroes. And that's proven in rogue one as well. The, the resistance guys that, that worked for, um, What's his name? I, it's not coming to my... Uh, on Jedi. Yeah. They tear them apart. But it's the heroes they can't hit. Right. They have hero protection.
0: Well, there's only 33 resistant members. They're all heroes. There you go.
1: They're, they're not. They're not. There's four of
0: them that are heroes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where can we trail off? Uh, did we get everything on Luke? Okay, let's talk. So I, I don't have
1: a problem with with the idea that Luke is broken and let's talk Yoda, the Yoda scene. I actually liked a lot. Really? Okay. Um, I
0: so what I liked about what I liked about Luke is he was with Ray. He was half Yoda and half Kenobi. Yes. Right. I got that. So he
1: started off with the Yoda approach, which is just being silly and doing his own thing and leaving her going, what the heck is going on here? Which I identified immediately. Yeah. Um, when he did his lessons, that was the Kenobi style, right? But you gotta remember, this is really a Jedi master who never had any good training either. Correct. Which, it's no wonder he failed.
0: Well, and that makes sense why he can't continue the Jedi. The Jedi are dead. And he points out, hey, the Jedi kind of screwed up back there too. Yeah. So. And that brings us to the Yoda scene.
1: And I think Yoda kind of, Yoda is the linchpin of Luke's story in this film. When Luke is downtrodden and he's like, I'm afraid of what's going to happen and I can't do anything and I won't have any impact on the galaxy because I've chosen not to. Right. And I'm going to destroy the Jedi to make sure that it can't come back because it's a flawed system. And then Yoda shows up and goes, you know what? You never did pay attention.
0: And You're always focusing over here, never in the moment. Right. Which calls back to the Empire Strikes Back.
1: And he looked at him and he said, look, every time you failed, you learned. And that's Failure's how you the succeeded. the best teacher.
0: Yeah, which is a great line and a great Yoda <coughs> moment of, you know, there is no try, do or do not. You know, failure is a teacher, which right. is something we can learn from. Learn
1: from your failures.
0: Right. And, and again, would you agree? I mean, and just let's take this into real life for a second. I don't think that's emphasized a lot in society that failure mm. is a teacher. right? No, no. We don't focus on that. I think we,
1: individual good leaders do that. Yeah, but, but uh, most overall, organizations, most processes, if you fail, you fail. And you're never going to get another shot again. Yeah. Because
0: so the risk is too high and the impact right. is too high. Which, which is which, sort of what Luke's perspective was of, yeah. I failed. It's never going to. And Yoda's saying, like, learn from your failures, which is a great scene. I'm good with that. The music hit in. <coughs> that, that scene was great. <coughs> Pardon me. Yoda laughed, and Yoda was like a. Yoda was Empire Yoda. <laughs> He was not prequel Yoda. Mm-mm. He was the Yoda that we saw and loved. You know, sort of like... The old crazy Muppet. Yeah. alright? <coughs> he's, he's getting <coughs> choked up. He's too getting much. literally choked up about the Yoda scene.
1: Yeah, I am. No, I just... My voice is going.
0: Um, <clears throat> And then, apparently, Force ghosts can call upon lightning from the sky. But well,
1: they can interact with the real world. Yeah. And that's new. And it's okay. I'm, I'm kind of, again. This you probably thought I was going to take a lot of issues with the changes that he made to the force, well, and I didn't. I, I, I re- except for Super Leia, that is the only one <laughs> I can't just no. I, can't I process it.
0: You looked. You focused more. I focused most of my attention in this film on the interactions between Ray, Kylo, and Luke.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I didn't even. Know. I looked at. Everybody and he looked. I the other side stories were to me that just that they were side stories. Hey, here's it's the. So uh, what you're telling me
1: is that they didn't need to be there. They didn't. There's two and a half hours of film that could have been pulled
0: down. I would have. I Again, I think all the scenes with with Ray and Luke and Kylo were well constructed and two interesting. Films. There's two films here. I would not fully disagree with that i will disagree with the point of this is a finale this is the the middle and the end i will f- disagree with you on that i think
1: okay. what we don't know i'm is not interested know. in the next steps because from what i can tell right now i i
0: i think they set up where it's going meaning they've already told me how it ends they're gonna do the return of the jedi and i this is what i wanted to go they're gonna pull return of the jedi the Porgs are the new Ewoks, right? They're going to overthrow the First Order and evil BB-8, um, which was uh, in this film, E nine or eight, A nine, whatever name in. Yeah, anyway, and everybody's going to come together. It's going to be a scene, uh, you know, all those scenes. And <clears throat> no, no. I, here's I, here's the real question. I just
1: I don't I don't have any investment in the next story. I know you don't. Well.
0: I think you may change, but
1: they're going to have to do a lot of work to prove to me that there's something to see
0: that Ben will be redeemed. Or do you think they will?
1: I don't think he should be. I think that that's the story is that there's nothing to redeem. He's not subscribing. And they made that point very clear here. Neither of them, well, she, by the end of the film, Rey absolutely is going to bring the Jedi back and restore the greatness of the galaxy or whatever. I don't think that Kylo Ren, Ben, has any interest in being a Sith. He's just going to do his thing and he's going to take over the First Order and they're going to conquer the galaxy and he's going to bring order to the chaos of the universe and it's going to be, he's going to have his emo dance parties and, you know, all that stuff. I don't think that there's anything here, at least not without a huge time jump.
0: I I agree with that. There's going to be a time jump. There has to be. They and, can't do what they did with the... And if we talk about that, I mean, there was... The original trilogy led itself to filling in the blanks. I will say that this trilogy hasn't done that so far because there's no moments in between the first and second. Right. There's ones. no rest. You're not and, breathing between scenes, you know, in the, in the between the first and the second, uh, you know, New Hope Empire. There's some, and there's even more in between Empire and Return of the Jedi. I mean, you see the the heroes that they're in, but Luke here's goes on his own. Trend. Again,
1: you're saying that they're purposely breaking from the formula, and I I kind of get no, it.
0: No, I'm saying I don't like this because of that. Okay, I, so we I, agree. We, we agree on this. I don't. The whole point of Okay, so when you when you see end of empire, he's faced off of, of against Vader. You know, he's not complete with his training. He rushed out mm-hmm. against what Yoda advised to save. And his Han friends. solo's been captured. And he learns a uh, yeah, Han and he learns because he fails to save his friends because he leaves too early. Right. Right. And he ends on a download, he finds this great revolution. Um where he's no longer just a nobody. He's got this lineage and he's destined to overthrow whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we leave empire. Return of the Jedi is not like right after. Oh no. It's we like see, two years. We see Luke when he enters Jabba's hut, just his demeanor, his, his dress code, the way he interacts with Jabba. We're, we're to infer that he has, he, in, in, in the expanded universe, he goes back to Ben Kenobi's hut, reads mm-hmm. his journals, learns stuff. We're not going to count that, but w- we don't need to see that in the films, right? We no, it's shown. It's he's shown. a different, more composed, right, mature, right, knight. So they did not. I don't. Hopefully, they'll leave themselves that gap between this and the next film. Yeah,
1: and and there's the parting shot between Kylo and, and Ray where Kylo reaches out and he's like, you know, it doesn't have to end here. You can still come back and we'll still make this work. And she basically just puts the bridge up on the uh, Falcon. Closes,
0: closes the... The Force door and the actual hatch of the Millennium Falcon.
1: Which I'm going to accept that the reason they were able to do that is they had the pre-established connection and they happened to be on the same planet not too far from each other. Well,
0: And they had done it before so now Kylo knew how to reach her and vice versa. And she knew how to kind of close the door. And
1: I will also say that they don't wrap up Luke's story with this film. He's not gone. He willingly became one with the Force
0: just like Obi-Wan did. I think they wrapped up his from an Obi Wan's like Obi Wan is there still as a mentor and but his Obi wan story is complete in in a new hope In Star right? Wars. Yeah, yeah, in Star Wars. And I think they've done that with Luke, right? He faced failure, he had this thing, and he again, he says, you know, the rebellion's not dead. It's you, a spark. You that, just let the, I thought that was yeah. great. Yeah. You may disagree, but no, his whole scene, even even I can even push back the whole scoff of the shoulder scene with his force projection, because that was a very Mark Hamill thing to do. And yeah, just a, when he winks at C-3PO, I, I saw Luke. I saw him back.
1: But you know what the biggest un, unrealized mystery that they completely abandoned in this film was? What? What happened to C-3PO's arm? <laughs> Yeah, we're there's going long. There's a whole comic
0: about it. I know that. there is. I know <laughs> and it's there is. I, mediocre.
1: Well, and there's a bunch of other issues. Like I I really felt like Johnson was kicking mud in Abram's face because he seemed to just kill everything that was set up at the end of The Force Awakens. None of those threads are still dangling. Um <clears throat> Maybe it was willful, maybe it was something it doesn't feel to me at this point, like this is a cohesive story thread. Yeah. It feels like one director did this, the, this thing that, you know, was a little too much of an homage. The next director came in and and put his own stamp on it and did his own thing. And then Abrams is going to come back and I think he's going to undo some of this.
0: That's, that's the real, I will agree with you that the next installment of this trilogy is going to what's the word i mean it, it, it's going to be the linchpin in to whether this works this trilogy is this a trilogy right it's going to be the yeah, linchpin I, of i
1: don't feel like this is a single storyline with this continuous i think it's a bunch of movies with the same characters it doesn't feel like a saga to me
0: i don't agree with you I, on that i
1: i swear to you right now if you if you ask me i would say they do not have an outline sitting at mouse imperial headquarters that says exactly how this was supposed to flow because they said early on when they brought johnson on board and they said he's going to write the film and he's going to tell his own story that that to me says there was not a strong thematic outline like we can say whatever you want about the prequels George Lucas knew what story he wanted to tell in those three films.
0: You know, the unstableness of trade negotiations. that well, start,
1: and how a good republic can fall to tyranny right. without even batting an eye. Right. I mean, his story was apparent from the beginning, and it was consistent.
0: And execution was the problem in that. Yes. Right.
1: Same thing with the, the original trilogy. It was one story. With multiple parts and there were multiple directors and there were multiple producers and, and there were changes along the way from the original outline, but there were elements of that were carried through. I don't feel like at this point, and granted history will tell us once we get to the next movie, whether that was the case here. I don't feel like there is a plan. And yeah. that's my biggest problem with this film.
0: Yeah, I can I can understand that view. And
1: that leads to me believing this is the and, end of the story. But the original
0: movies weren't planned as a trilogy. Right? No. No they weren't. And but you know, the problem I have with movie, and this is not a problem with Star Wars, is everything's got to be a freaking trilogy these days.
1: Oh, books are the same way now
0: books, everything, everything, and and the whole point of a trilogy. And and I I really recommend, and you're probably familiar with this, you Mr. D and D storyteller guy is watch the video about Dan Harmon's story circle, right? That's a really good way of how storytelling works. Yep. And you have storytelling for each of your characters. You have it for the plot, you have it for the movie, and you have it for a trilogy, right? There's, it is, it is basically, and, and let me, let me, sum this up really quickly the story circle says you start at beginning guy has dreams aspirations he reaches a point that he goes to the other side where things were he reaches what he gets but things are different he doesn't get what he expects he doesn't get what he's expects,
1: or his goals have changed because of what he now knows correct and that's then, called evolution on, that's a story evolution and on
0: the end he with what he's gained on the other side enables circle, him
1: to reach his objective Because you have to have growth and change in characters and uh, the evolution of a story to have a cohesive arc that is satisfying. Now, some writers subvert that and go for unsatisfying and to bend um, kind of expectations. And I think we saw a lot of
0: that in this film. And I will agree with you on that. I will agree with you on that. Um, But again, I... I don't know what it was about this. There's some things that I can't explain properly. Is That's that, fair. This, this is uh, this is the movie I wanted when I went to go see Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Was we we get the answers to why the whole mcguffin in the first one is why did Luke do what he did? Oh, we see Luke, and the best scene in, in the Force Awakens, and I express this to my friends and family. My favorite scene in that whole movie is Luke's face at the end. The the, the brutal stare down between him and Ray, because Mark Hamill emoted and acted more with his facial expressions than most of the characters in that movie.
1: Yeah. The acting quality is very different between the two set of films. Um, um, Oscar Isaacs is a good actor and he's about the heaviest of the heavies in the series. Um, he's kind of the Han Solo character, right? Where Harrison Ford is really the best actor out of that series except that Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher carried their characters. They made them. They owned them. I don't feel like Daisy Ridley has any real connection to Rey. She's not Princess Leia. Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia, by the end, were not distinguishable. Well, she's
0: supposed to be Luke.
1: I get it. But what I'm saying is I don't get the sense that Daisy Ridley is inhabiting this character any more than six months out of the year while she's filming and doing her workups. She doesn't have, from my perspective, and this is purely emotional, right? It doesn't feel to me like she has that connection.
0: I I would say that out of Finn Poe and her. Yeah. I, I, again, I just don't think these characters are that interesting are their motivations aren't as clear and their arcs aren't as clear. I think I mean, that's fair. Her that's motivation was, and I, and I think it was, well executed outside of her acting is she wants, she wants to know what her part is of this is. And Mm -hmm. basically the, the story is like, well, the force is, uh, is recalculating its Excel spreadsheet. And, and you just happen to be the first you're in the, you're in the black outlier. Um, that's all right. And she's, she learns that she's not part of any great tale, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: we don't see the, evolution or what she learns from that from the end. I mean, she, she, other than her lifting rocks, right. Ted, which
1: to Luke had a similar, you know, maybe a few weeks instead of a few hours, but right. so let's, let's kind of wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. Um, One of the things I want to say is I've heard tons of people in the last week since the film came out, talk about how multiple viewings make it better. And I believe that's probably true. Except a good story, a good film, doesn't require you to watch it multiple times to really understand its intent. Now, the
0: details, maybe, but not, not the intent. Right. The intent should be clear. You either come out understanding. Yeah, I agree with that statement. And so
1: you and I walked out of a movie theater. We have pretty similar backgrounds and pretty similar feelings about Star Wars. Why? Did you walk out with a
0: completely different intent than I did? And that is really isn't that the isn't that the uh, isn't that the question for humanity? I mean, that's a really deep question that you ask.
1: Well, because we come from the same place, we come right. from the same love, right. and we have come from the same understanding of the characters in the universe. Maybe it's our personal cynicisms are different. Because
0: you chose to embrace... I will say that if we're going to deravel this into character evaluation of you and I, Mm -hmm. I end up liking more things than most people. And you end up... You're very critical of what you like. Mm -hmm. I would say... It was a profession for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Your subset of things that you love is smaller than mine.
1: I think that's true.
0: Right. Um, And that's a weird... And even the things I love, I don't love
1: unconditionally
0: right you you and that includes and, my children and my and wife same with same with me i but i'm <laughs> wow <laughs> but um you know i've there are films where i agree with people i really like i, I, have, I can't think of an example off the top of my head but force awakens yeah. was one that where i differed with the general consensus for, for which doesn't happen often with me i was like it was good you know and well, that, what i can say and i've heard this feedback
1: from e- my wife, a number of times when we walk out of a movie and I'm, I'm in that movie theater high is what I call it. Right. I've just seen this really emotional, really amazing film. And I'm, I will walk out man of steel. I walked out of man of steel going, yeah, that was not a bad Superman
0: movie. Yeah. I had the similar experience. And then I started thinking about three hours
1: later. I'm (laughs) like, well, hold on. Wait a minute. Let me process everything that I just absorbed. Yeah. Wait. His, you know, Jonathan his dad Kent? told him to let people die. That's not Jonathan Kent. And he could have saved him from the tornado, but he didn't. But he did died. Regardless of whether his dad. What, held what his do I know
0: out? about Superman? He saves people all yeah. the time, and he saves like two people in that film. And that's a that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but
1: uh, so. I think that if there's an issue and maybe a difference, and and I think you do this too, but maybe not to the same extent, as I start to process these things and I start thinking about them from my context and what I understand of what's presented to me, my opinion tends to change. Usually it gets less favorable. I would almost say I didn't have a less favorable to go to here. I mean I literally looked over at my wife in the theater and I said, "Did we buy tickets for Spaceballs too and I didn't <laughs> notice?" Because of that first 20 minutes. Now the movie didn't carry that problem. Right. But it immediately set me off. And I think that first impressions are important. First impressions,
0: yeah, I agree with that. They 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 for And I think uh, how do we phrase this? But I agree with you. I think some people fixate on first impressions and other people don't. I'm willing to evolve it, right? Yeah. I'm
1: not I'm not telling anybody don't go see it. I think if you're a Star Wars fan, you owe it to yourself to see the film. I think there will be things that will challenge what you believe about Star Wars, how you feel about Star Wars. For me, this film did not feel like a Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's because it wasn't made for me. Maybe I'm at that point in my life where I will turn into one of those guys who goes, the star Wars thing. I don't get that.
0: Well, and I've seen a lot of articles online that are saying like the edge, this wasn't made for the edge. And you're not that kind of personality. So let's get clear. You have a deep love for this series. And you, again, we talked about entitlement and everything.
1: Well, I don't think it owed me anything. It didn't.
0: And, and, again, demographics are – it is what it is. So, no. we'll see. So, that's it. I don't think we need to say anything more else.
1: No, no. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you thought of this. We This is the longest episode ever, by the
0: way, and we meant for this to be one of the shortest.
1: Well, it's it is it's a it topic is. that I think we could still talk for another hour on. So
0: I agree. So, what we want from you is uh, – Here's a, a thing I, I, I've noticed with Star Wars lately. Between Force Awakens and uh, Rogue One, mm-hmm. people that didn't like Force Awakens like Rogue One and vice versa. I, think I that's noticed true. that dichotomy a little bit. This one, I want to see where it fits in that. Um, so we uh, let's break it down. Rank the Disney movies. Oh, God. Let us know what you thought. We really care about this. We actually are considering based on feedback of this episode of doing a live episode to engage you with conversation about our points. Um, Because Sean really wants to do a live episode. And I think this is perfect material to talk about. Um, So we thank you. If you didn't see Star Wars, you really screwed up by listening to this entire episode.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) But again, I'm not telling anybody not to see it. I'm, I'm a fan. I think it's worth seeing to make a, dis- a And And if they do course correct for the third film, it won't make any sense if you haven't seen the second.
0: Ideally, except maybe Ewoks not. Ewoks will return. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. So what I believe you were trying to say is thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. What? No, no, no. I I
1: didn't. What?
0: What? I... Okay, okay. I feel what's happening here You're face to face with greatness and it's strange You don't even know how you feel It's adorable What's well, nice to see, Padawan's ones never change Trust in the force, let's begin Yes, it's really me, Skywalker, breathe it in I know it's a lot, the hand, the sight. When you're staring at a Jedi Knight So what can I say? Except you're welcome, for that Death Star I blew from the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome, I'm just an ordinary Jedi. Hey, what has two thumbs and stopped the dark side, when you were waddling yay high? This guy, when Solo froze cold, who stopped the rancor down below?